Hi, uh, hey, welcome to Praise Dionysus, Praise Him, um, it is Jake, uh, this is another episode of Jake and Jamesy's Chuckle Fest for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival of 2023. Uh, James is not here because he is still super unwell, <laughs> but don't dwell on that. Um, but I've got, yeah, I've got a guest co-host coming in, so the smart and beautiful and very, very talented Sebastiano Pitruzzello is going to be joining me in just a second uh, to co-host this episode and to talk about three comedy festival shows with me. So we'll be talking about Grease Lightning by Gary Starr, Mush by Jeremiah Detto, and Ned Kelly, The Big Gay Musical by Kane Hansen. Thank you so much for being here, um, and me and Sebastiano will talk to you in just a goddamn second. Sebastiano Pitruzzello. Yes, it's me! (laughs) (laughs) So nice to have you back. How are you? I am... I'm tired, because it's a a morning right now, um, and I didn't get very much sleep last night, but I'm I'm here and I'm excited to talk about some comedy, which is clearly not my area of expertise. (laughs) Because of how dull you are? Why is that? Oh. No. um, I don't know. I think I I have more, more opinions on... Theatre. But, like, comedy, I'm just like, this is fun! (laughs) (laughs) Good, that's some healthy self-awareness you have. Yeah. That's nice. Sure, sorry for waking you up. Why did you not sleep? Were you out super Uh, late? Yes, I was was out last night gallivanting with some friends, watching some some, uh, comedy, and then uh, basically ended up getting home, and by the time I had my... My nightcap cup of tea, it was about two in the morning, so... Oh my goodness. (laughs) Yes. Do you have a tea every night? Yes. As, as, in, in my life, not having much kind of structure, uh, some people might call me a psychopath for this, but I pretty much have the same breakfast every day, and this like to start the day, and then the same uh, cup of tea to kind of wrap up the day. Oh my goodness. Yeah. So that, that's like my little anchors. Sure, yeah, yeah, <laughs> Among yeah. Among otherwise uh, pretty like fluid, tur- like turbulent schedule that changes... On a okay. regular basis. <laughs> sure. No, I like a soothing bookend. That's that's yeah. lovely. Okay. <laughs> sure. Well, again, thank you so much for being here. No um, how 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 has your like last few days been? How's your week been? Well, before we continue, I oh, feel like we're, yes. we're missing out on something very important. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> and that is why we're here. What? Why we need to? What we need to serve? What we, who we need to praise? <laughs> <laughs> Hi everyone, welcome, <laughs> welcome to praise Dionysus. Praise him. Praise him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Uh, Yeah, and this is part of Jake and Jamesy's Chuckle Fest. James is famously absent from it, so... Uh, As as James is. As James is and should be. Yes, (laughs) yes. I love James. Um, Yeah, no, thank you for coming and being his permanent replacement. (laughs) What? what? (laughs) Yeah, uh, it's recorded now, so it's happening. Yeah, Uh, yeah, yeah. so now are you comfortable telling me about your last few days? Yes, of course. Oh, good, thank you. Now I'm at ease. Yeah, good. Um, My last few days... It's, it's mostly just been, like, loitering around the house, uh, working some comp shows, and also working just the regular um, Harry Potter, and at the moment, and Juliet. Uh, what else? I've also been going to family functions and having to do, like, loving them, but also having the obligation of being in a room of, like, 50 noisy Italians. Um, <laughs> Several nights in a row. Um, Several. How many birthdays no, were there? There was two. No, there, was, there was an eighteenth and a thirtieth. Um, oh, huge ones! Yes. Okay. <laughs> it's a big week. <laughs> are you part of the Italian cacophony, or are you like the quiet weirdo? Um. Yes. Oh. I suppose both. <laughs> okay. Sometimes I, I have my code switch thing where I like 
I'm start I start speaking like the full kind of Italian like <laughs> my, my Australian Italian accent comes out and then other times I'm just like this is a noisy room <laughs> and so I, I a couple of times I busted out the good old earplugs to kind of just de descale the overstimulation of like all the noise okay um, but yes aside from that uh, in life also yeah just kind of in that middle zone between work as a, as a as an actor and a performer uh, like a performer um, like I don't have necessarily anything on the horizon, but I'm kind of utilizing that uh, as someone who usually has like a whole bunch of things on my mind at once being mm. like, oh, what is it just in this eye of the storm moment of like, this is kind of just me living my life. What <laughs> things give me joy. Mm. Um, so uh, for a small few portion of people, but I'll know that uh, I've recently started baking <laughs> a lot more. Uh, and for those keen listeners to the last time I appeared on the podcast during Fringe, there was a, a slight reference to sourdough. I have since managed to like find my recipe that works, and I've branched out to croissants. Um, wow. Because <laughs> you got sick of... You conquered sourdough, and now you've moved on. Oh, no, I, I still do the sourdough. Okay, sure. I have started now that I need to keep alive in my fridge because it's a weird bacteria fermenting thing. Um, and if I let it die, then it was all for nothing. Oh. Um, <laughs> that's how they get you. <laughs> Baking was so high stakes. That sounds terrifying. <laughs> You've got a little son now. Yes, it's called Francois. That's my starter's name. Um, and But yeah, that, that's been something that's kind of just... The good thing, uh, like I mentioned uh, before with little like kind of anchors in my life, uh, as someone who's kind of... Like, earning money, which is nice from work, and doing that more as opposed to sacrificing every shift I can in order to watch theatre. Um, it, it's it's kind of... The, the thing I like about sourdough and also about croissants... Um, <laughs> I'm talking about this on podcast. It's beautiful. <laughs> but it's, it's, it gives me purpose for a few days, because it's a thing that is a few-day process. So I'm mm. like, cool, if I'm making a sourdough, that's three days. So it's like, that's pretty much half the week done that I don't need to worry about. <laughs> um, yeah, so I've been doing that and also like just trying to... Uh, entertain myself and engage. Uh, like I, I played the, the absolute crap out of a video game from my childhood the other day. This is a very niche game. Mm. Uh, very niche. No, um, <laughs> it, it was uh, called Sly Raccoon. Um, Sly Raccoon. Yeah. Okay. And it was just basically like kind of platformy, stealthy, but it was very cartoony and something I loved as a kid. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, I ra- randomly was at my family's. He- well, I was at my family's. So I was like, oh yeah, the PlayStation Two. I'm like, oh yeah, these games. I'm in the mood for a nostalgia trip. So, yeah, I basically beat the first game in just a few days. <laughs> There's two more games to play through, but uh, I'm doing perfectly fine. <laughs> that's, that's great. Yeah, well done finding structure and purpose. Well handled. Yeah, for now. We'll yeah. And then in terms of, not to be, you know, that annoying art question, of like, but when are you going to get back to theatre, Sebastian? Oh, yeah, they'll come around. Like, yeah. my, my overall attitude has been, like, things have a way of coming up, and I think for a long while I was kind of just being like, oh, the next thing? Yes. Um, mm-hmm. But I'm kind of trying to be this year a little bit more like after from time to time shifting into like jaded or like fatigued mode I'm like you know what I'm gonna be a bit more picky if that makes sense so yeah. it's just like if there's something that I come across uh that I'm like oh that sounds interesting or there's a particular group of people that I'm like they'd be really cool to work with I'm like fuck yeah um okay cool yes swearing's fine on this podcast. <laughs> oh, <do> swear more. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah um uh yeah so for now like there's been the odd thing of like uh, a friend will send me a script and be like what do you think and i'll like have a look and write up some notes kind of thing hmm. um or it'll be a thing of like oh there's this thing and i'll be like mm. my overall feeling and it's not a detriment to them but it's like i'm just not overly enthu- enthused and i want to be enthused if i'm going to be entering a project with a group of people so yeah. I'd just be like thank you but 
next time. Like, just this one, my gut instinct says this, and I want you to have the most enthusiastic person possible. Mm. Which is, I think, fair. Yeah, <laughs> super fair. And a very, like, eloquent and, like, lovely rejection. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and... and, and what a fancy, like, not fa- fancy, fascinating word, rejection. Like, in the sense that it's like, yeah, it, it is somewhat, by definition, a rejection, but I, I don't feel like I'm necessarily rejecting them, <laughs> as, as it sometimes feel uh, in the industry of, like, no, thank you, and it's like, is this an insult to me? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> no, even, like, as, as wonderful as your, yeah, rejection was, if I were to be on the other end of it, I can see it certainly being a bit, like, a little bit of a wrecking ball, for sure, <laughs> to my sense of value. But that's on me. That's my fault. If anything, you could, like, you could consider a rejection that eloquent and lovely as being part of the collaborative process. You know, in a way, you have contributed something to how that art takes shape. Surprise, yeah. yeah. And, and like, it's, it's a loving rejection. Sure, sure. It's a love of art, at least. Yes. Not necessarily that person you've slapped in the face. <laughs> but... not, not necessarily in the wake of the you know that person's floor that I've just taken a shit on. Exactly. Um, but... <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How about you? How's your week been? It's uh, been been fine. It's been a lot of lot of podcasting, a lot of going to comedy festival shows, um, a little bit of work, um, and a bit of reading. It's been, yeah, kind of mm. like, yeah, those things at Ooh. the moment. And that, that's also an, another thing that I've been doing too. Reading more, which for someone who struggles with reading, it's great. I'm yes. like, oh, I feel like I'm living my my best, like, kind of the, the romance of, like, reading a book around places. Mm. Like, it's something I never really could engage with, but I suppose now I don't have a million things in my mind. I'm like, oh, I can somewhat focus if it's a good story. Sure, so, and you found one? Yes, um, it was a recommendation uh, by a friend, but it's... Uh, and a few people I feel like would be like, ooh, because this is the kind of book that I've been on public transport reading and people are like, like, strangers would be like, oh, that's a good book. And oh. I'm like, what? <laughs> what is the magical powers of this book? Oh, my goodness. But it's The the Secret History by Donna Tartt. Okay. Um, which, yeah, I, I'm not nowhere near the, like, bandwagon of whenever the moment of that book was. <laughs> but, um, yeah, it's very engaging. And I'm, I've just been kind of... Uh, I, I've been, it's been great as someone who commutes to the city a lot because I read it in the commute time or in the, the time between shifts mm-hmm. or if I have a, a break um, at work. I'll, like, put in my earphones, put on some brown noise, which is a nice soothing, like, just droning kind of, like... Think, like, aeroplane sound, mm. like, or, like, thunderstorm when you're deep inside a building, kind of, like, sure, just very... Yeah. Excuse me. Subtle thing. And then, um, yeah, that, and then I'll just be sitting and reading, and I'll, it's very soothing when, when, you know, you've been going through the, uh, the three, like, three quarters of Harry Potter yet again, <laughs> and it's like, okay, I have my half an hour. Um, so I'm just going to sit down, put in my earphones while there's the, like, <laughs> sounds going on. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, um, that reading too. And you Wonderful. Continue, yes. Oh, that's so great, no. You've been doing reading and... <laughs> I've been doing reading, yeah, and no. No, to pinpoint if, if, yeah, to pinpoint anything that's happened that is even mildly worthy of anecdote, I'd say yesterday, met a man, got to know him. He, okay. yeah, just like, you know, while out and about. And he was talking to me about how he's leaving hospitality, which of course is the dream, <laughs> leaving hospitality and entering into like a more corporate, like computer centric finance job. Um, and you know, like me being like, just like bohemian doofus, was just like, <laughs> great, but like, is that your passion? Like, all that, sort of, <laughs> yeah. that sort of garbage. He was like, um, yeah, no, like I'm not super into it or very excited, but I need to get a job that makes me money and I need to go into a, a you know, a field that I've been like 
trained to do. Like he's done a degree, he needs to turn mm. it into something in his mind. And he, and he said, yes, yeah, so I've just like, you know, I've never had a dream, you know, so I'm just going to do this instead and then just live my life around it. And then uh, I said to him, <laughs> which I'm embarrassed about, <laughs> I said to him, well, sure, but you'll just do that until you find your dream, won't you? And it's like, yeah, no, it's like, Jake, you dumb cunt. Like what? <laughs> and then, of course, since then I've been like spiraling in the thought process of like, why do I believe that people need to have dreams and why do I think they need to be chasing them? And it's like, is this another thing that Disney did to me? Or is this... Is this I don't know. Am I a child in some sort of like really embarrassing way? Do you think people need to have a dream, Sebastiano? I, I, I feel like people who are just like innately like a bit of a... A bit... Uh, or just a romantic in general. Uh, like have that idea of like... And I, I, I relate. I feel like, yeah. Uh, oftentimes, I feel like it's, it's the reverse of like the... You know the thing of like, oh... I'm an actor, I'm a writer, and they're like, ah! Oh, <laughs> you enjoy that? Uh-huh. <laughs> what else are you going to do? Yeah, right. Okay. So, so I feel like it's the reverse of that, of like, oh, I'm going into corporate. Dreams! Yeah, right. <laughs> but you can't want to do that. Yeah. <laughs> do, is there any other direction you want with your life? Yeah, are you not a dancer? Like, <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, wait, you want to do corporate numbers, but you don't want to express your emotions through the beauty of dance. <laughs> Oh my god, no, you've completely nailed it. Yes, I've... <laughs> yeah, I've reverse dadded it. <laughs> or like, uh, I don't know, Auntie Sue. Yes! <laughs> oh, sweet Sue. Yeah. Oh no, thank you. You've really cracked that nut for me. Okay. <laughs> oh god, okay. Okay, so yeah, your your last few days out of five stars. What are you Ooh. thinking? Um, 17. 17. Why? Because... <laughs> well, fantastic choice, well executed. I'm going to give mine 22. Um, yeah, for the same reason. Yes, I think because because. <laughs> um, do you want to talk about some comedy? Fuck yeah! All right. <laughs> think we watched a comedy show, Jay. We're, to- we're talking about you and me, or the voices in your head. Yes. Yes. But <laughs> yeah, it was a group effort. It was a nice, fun outing of all of us. Um, but uh, we watched a good old show called Gary Star Grease Lightning, mm. um, which was an interesting show uh, in the sense that I know I had it recommended to me by our lovely friend Nikki Pohl or Nicola. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. And... She was a raindrop for a period of time. Yes, yes. she was. <laughs> um, and flash forward to one night where I'm uh, kind of out of drinks and I'm with our good friend. Reese Wilson. Mm-hmm. I know him. Uh, yes. yes. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, basically, he's watching a whole bunch of Comedy Fest this year, and we were talking about, like, yeah, we should watch something together, and we just came, uh, came up of, like, Gary Starr, because that was something on my on my radar. And then uh, Reese had the wonderful idea, because we were talking about how lovely you are, Jake. <laughs> and Reese was like, I want to invite Jake. And I was like, fuck yeah. So basically, as you recall, uh-huh. I sent you a text being yes. like, Hey Jake, would you like to watch a, uh, this show? It's a clowning show. It's on on this day. Um, are you keen? To which I recall you responding with, "Of course, Seb, but under one condition: we do not sit in the front row." Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I am renowned as far as with myself and the people I tend to go to theatre with. I just end up in the front row, <laughs> <laughs> and I, I give off an energy, oftentimes of being an audience participant. Yes. Um, But also you give that energy off in, like, I'd say a relatively conscious way sometimes. Yeah. Like, as we've (laughs) recently talked about, like, when we went and saw, like, Happy Hour, Will Boyd's show. Yeah. Your face was lit up. You were, like, throwing (laughs) spatulas around. Yeah. (laughs) 
I, I, I do enter a certain, like, when I'm like, oh, audience participation, I enter, like, a, a somewhat of, like, a theatre Labrador mode. Yes! Where I'm like, this is great! <laughs> like, and so, yes, uh, for Gary Starr, um, I, I agree to Jake's condition, and we decide to go out and eventually watch it. So the three of us arrive at Comedy Republic. We, we go up, uh, and... As we're entering the theatre, Reese turns around to Jake and goes, what if we sit in the front row? <laughs> and Jake's like, don't you dare. And I was like, Reese, <laughs> there was one condition. <laughs> uh, and as we approach the door, the usher's like, perfect, front row. And <laughs> Reese goes there, I'm like, oh, no. Um, and so uh, after not having to sit in the front row being a condition, me and Jake uh, are front and centre, and Reese is just to the right of Jake. <laughs> Thus beginning, <laughs> Gary Starr, Grease Lightning. And the greatest betrayal of our friendship. <laughs> um, the show itself was a lot of fun. <laughs> and Gary Starr is just a master of a clown, I think. Um, the kind of structure it follows is essentially like, Grease is in economic ruin and in the hopes to try and get more tourism to make more money for Grease's debt, um, Gary Starr playing Zeus is going to kind of go through the Parthenon of, of gods and see if he can convince the audience to uh, go to the Greek, to quote him, <laughs> um, uh, by talking about, and this is also quoting the show, which is a little a little gag of uh, <laughs> swapping out words that sound similar but different, uh, but yeah, going through Greek misogyny, in brackets, mythology. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, there was a lot of really interesting, fun gags. Uh, I discovered that I, I'm really good at red light, green light. <laughs> oh, yes! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, yes, because at that point he's playing Medusa. Yes. And he's put $100 behind himself. Yes. And then it's kind of like, which was a lovely moment of discovery for everybody in terms of like, he was standing there, he's back to us, and there was $100 behind him. Yep. And then he kept looking back at us and then looking forwards again, like yes, away from us. the lighting would change. So when yes. his back was to the audience, it was green, and when he turned around it'd be red. Um, so, very... A clear visual cue, but for someone who's like, what's going on? Which wouldn't have clued <laughs> If I recall correctly, you were saying that there was the, the, the audience member behind you. Um, and man, like, <laughs> yes, around the same time that I worked out, because, I don't know, I was behind, and also I'm never going to voluntarily come up with the idea of like, oh, he wants us to participate. <laughs> but then, yeah, once I realised what was happening, yeah, the man behind me taps me on the shoulder and was like, go get the money. It's like, bitch, no. <laughs> I want to sit in the dark, so... <laughs> Please, yes, so sit in the dark. Let me sit in the dark. And meanwhile, yeah. this is happening. I'm halfway across the stage. Yeah, the to fucking Labrador. <laughs> Just be like, someone's gonna do it. <laughs> um, so I managed to get it, and I actually found out mm. a few nights later that they're like, oh yeah, every night he gives out a hundred dollars to an audience member, and for me, because I was in that playful state, because mm. um, Gary does remark after the audience member gets the hundred dollar note of like, you know, it's been a, a fruitful few years in the theatre industry for everyone. <laughs> <laughs> everyone has a bit of a laugh, and for me, it was the thing of like. In that like playful mode, just like having the eye contact and being like, like holding out the the, the note as if like, do you, do you want it back? Mm. You, and he's like, for me. And then I go back. But other people just walked away with the hundred dollars the nights. You know, that's that's a fact. That people yeah. keep the hundred dollars after he tells you that the arts industry was suffering. Yeah, Heartless. <laughs> hundred bucks is hundred bucks. Well, maybe yeah, that says right. something about people that are willing to participate in theatre. Yes. No, not to generalise. <laughs> yeah, uh, like I still re like remark to friends about some really good gags, and I don't want to spoil too many others of them. Um, I, I know one very simple one that got me good because of its simplicity mm -hmm. um, was, you know, music's changing. He's already set up the form uh, of like different gods or like Greek 
Greek misogyny figures, um, <laughs> and decides to like put the chair in the middle of the stage, climb up onto it while there's this like uplifting epic music, and. As he's standing up there, the lining state quickly changes to, like, uh, warm spots, like, on his chest. And he's like, oh, fuck! And then it switches state. <laughs> uh, and it's just like, Icarus. <laughs> <laughs> Which, yeah. Uh, I'm sure my my uh, description of that made it really funny for everyone listening. <laughs> but I enjoyed it. No, <laughs> you could get a job. I don't know who would need this service. But for you to just, like, very elegantly and, like, coldly describe clowning. <laughs> Yeah, I know I've said it before, like before, like in this little thing, but it was just great clowning, great facilitation of play. And for me, in my brain, loving the like lots of little simple structures Mm. that like, for someone who as a teenager was obsessed with um, uh, Greek mythology at one point, was like, oh, I recognize this one. This is this story in my brain. And I'm like, what what is he going to do with that? Hmm. you know, be a, a dehydrated Poseidon, <laughs> um, or any other iteration of the gods. But yeah, um, are there yeah. any like relics of whether or not they were churned up by this show? Like mm. relics of your passion for Greek mythology that still live inside of your your noggin? I, I'd say so. Yeah, yeah. I, I think something, even some of the stuff as simple as like, which one is it now? Like that kind of game. Like, mm. you know, the, the 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 thing I loved about the Icarus bit. Was yeah. like the fact that it's like, what is this? What is this? What is this? And you're trying to figure out because you know the the different characters, and then it's like the light, and then the punchline of Icarus being like immediately after. It's like, ah, oh, yeah, it makes sense, and that's really funny. Like, <laughs> but um, yeah, I I I, I loved. I just love Greek mythology. <laughs> this is something I haven't thought too much about in recent time, but I'm like, yeah, it's great. Um, and and yeah, like seeing a lot of those familiar figures on stage in a clowning context. Mm. Um, and also, yeah, just essentially provides a structure. <laughs> Once again, coming back to structure, I'm like, yeah. in that story, there's like, cool, this god for this thing, this god for this thing. Um, and I'm like, oh, that's a simple thing to clue into. Mm-hmm. So I think that, that there's the enjoyment of that aspect and that being applied into clowning. And then, yeah, I think just the, the fundamental love, because I was never a kid that was like, you know, into... Harry Potter, or into... Oh, I actually did have my Lord of the Rings phase. Not the books, just the films. But okay. um, uh, I, what, the one like book series I just consumed as a teenager was the, the Percy Jackson book series. Because I that was like peak <laughs> obsession with Greek mythology. And I was just... And I think the thing of that was like trying to recognise which characters were appearing. It's like this this mysterious figure. And it's like, who could that be? And it's like, oh, it's Medusa. Like, <laughs> right, okay. Um, so, yeah, I just... I think they're very distinct. I mean... That's why Greek mythology has lasted, like, historically. <laughs> um, just because I, I feel like it's, one, a warped, but still a good story. Um, mm-hmm. And that, that's kind of lived on. And also the characters or the archetypes are very clear. You know, lightning, water. It had, like, it's complex in its, like, story and its, like, expanse. But also there is, yeah, that simplicity that I could clue into, I think. Because, mm-hmm. yeah, when you have a pretty erratic brain it's like if you have a long-winded like oh there's this god and this you know he's kind of friends with this one and it's just like okay cool this one is like the fast one this one's <laughs> and i can be like all right they hate each other cool and <laughs> build them out that way right okay 
I think yeah. it began with uh, a little old game called Pop Tropica. <laughs> Pop Tropica? Yeah, it was okay. like a Java browser game that, like, there was one island that they added because they do different islands with different things. And then I was like, I played the Greek mythology island. And I'm like, hey, this is kind of cool. There's like an underworld and shit. <laughs> <laughs> and then it just downward spiraled from there <laughs> as far okay. as finding information. Um, What is your film, like, if you have one, yeah, like a, your favorite or like a memorable version of like a cinematic representation of Greek mythology that especially resonates with you. Like, did you like the Percy Jackson movies? Oh, no. I was about to be like, do you want, like, a good? No. <laughs> I mean, the thing, the first thing that comes to mind is Liam Neeson playing Zeus. When did that happen? Uh, I think... Oh, I'm just trying to think. Because I know Sean Bean was Zeus in one of the, the, like, God, the Greek mythology films. But I can't remember if it was, like, Percy Jackson or if it was, like... Um, Clash of the Titans. <laughs> ah, yes. <laughs> so, um, yeah, Liam Neeson, uh, apparently secondly, Sean Bean. But um, <laughs> uh, I think they're, they're hard stories to do cinematically, because I, I suppose it's such a big, such a, a long story. Mm. So I, I think the only good representation of it that I can think of that's somewhat fun is, like, Hercules. The Disney Hercules? Yeah. Yeah? Uh, I mean, and even, like, the accessibility of... I, one thing I've always admired is, like, the character... I can't remember the actor that, that voices him, but the character of Hades being such like a, like, I'm the bad guy, so what? Like, <laughs> and people just being like, yeah, and also just sick aesthetic with like the black and the blue flame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, if I could be blue fire, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, that's the thing. So I'm thinking if someone wanted to stage like a, like a moderately well-funded, like a high-end independent theatre production of something about the Greek gods, which one would you want to play? Ooh. I mean, I remember, like, look, uh, when I read the Percy Jackson books, I was like, if ever I, if I had more, like, because there's a whole thing with, like, certain aesthetic looks with them. I was like, if I had green eyes, I could be an awesome, like, demigod child of, of Hades. <laughs> of Hades. <laughs> Does he have any children? Like, the traditional idea of who Hades is? In, in the I, I can't remember. Okay. Um, I don't think so. Okay. Because uh, no one really liked, like, because didn't he have to, like, he stole Persephone, didn't he? Like, yes. no one's really yeah, it was a, it, into him. Yeah, he kind of tricked her with the, the pomegranate kind of thing, because pomegranates are thought as a, a fruit of the underworld kind of thing. And uh-huh. basically she was there visiting, and he's like, hey, you should eat this. And then she's like, okay. And so she eats it, and then he's like, bam, gotcha! You're <laughs> stuck here! For uh, eternity! <laughs> 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 like, but, um... I don't know. Uh, Fruit as a prank. <laughs> yeah, I know, right? <laughs> it's so classic. It's, it always works. <laughs> you say that, but here's a fun little window into my childhood. Yes. <laughs> um, as a child who didn't like fruit, um, my my siblings used to chase me around the house with fruit <laughs> as a way to, like, I don't know, intimidate me. What Italian nonsense is this? I don't know. They're like, eat it! And I'm like, no! And they're like, Ugh! <laughs> Get away from me! Was this a fear or just like a passionate distaste? It was a passionate distaste. When okay. you're having food shoved in your face, your, your impulse is to reel away. Yeah. <laughs> so now whenever someone's like, hey, would you like some food? I'm like, yeah! <laughs> <laughs> um, but yes, if any other Greek gods to play in a film? Mm. Yeah. Maybe maybe like uh, uh, Hermes would be fun. Hermes? Like the, the messenger god. Oh, oh. He's the one with the, the is it Caduceus, which is like the, the winged stick with the snakes intertwining, and he's like, I'm fast! He's got the winged shoes. <laughs> he's like the, the yeah. Sonic the Hedgehog of the Greek Parthenon. <laughs> and what is his job? He like delivers messages for people. Yeah, pretty much. Okay. Why does like, that resonate with you? I don't know. I just thought it was a fast dude. <laughs> you like being fast? <laughs> I don't know. I, I, as a child who was never the fastest kid in the class, I think I always hoped to be fast. Oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just still clinging to that dream. That's oh. nice. <laughs> Dreams. They're important. Yeah. They are important. <laughs> Spread the word. 
<laughs> but yeah, um, but no, like, the uh, Hades thing would be fun. Um, I just, yeah. I, I feel like Hades, maybe it was Hercules, but there's an inherent, like, slight interpretation of him being a little bit, like, camp. <laughs> Which I'm like, yeah. Yeah? I'm, I'm a pretty, like, <laughs> airy dude from time to time. So I'm just, and just making smart quips and just sitting on my, my throne of, like, death. <laughs> and then just being like, Hi! How are y'all doing up there? I'm still stuck here and just being resentful. It's oh, just yeah. wonderful, actually, the more I dive into this. Maybe this is just my edgy streak being through. <laughs> Maybe I secretly just want to be Poseidon, you know? 75% of the world, water, and, you know. Wow. <laughs> just could, could it actually be like, I'm in charge. The, oh, there's the, <laughs> the Roman, um, uh, what's it called? Roman emperor, historically. Mm. I think it was... Oh, which one? Like one of like the, the, the evil, like, goofy ones? Uh, yeah, of, of in history, but yeah. yeah, I think it could have been Caligula, or I could be wrong. Caligula, like Nero or someone, maybe like one of these ones. But basically, was... one of them declared war on uh, on Neptune, which is essentially Poseidon, but in Roman mythology, which is totally not copying it. Of course, it is. He just declared war and basically marched this army to the like the seashore and just started. It was like. Use your spears in the water. <laughs> trying to provoke Poseidon. And they're like, well, he's not turning up. <laughs> they just went home. <laughs> it's up there with the emu wars, ridiculous, like, wars declared in history. <laughs> oh, God. That'd be a nice scene to start this play with. I yeah. Think. Everyone. <laughs> Everyone, we march. Yeah. To the ocean. Yeah. Now. <laughs> Throw your spears into the ocean. What? <laughs> and then you enter. It's like a, a baffled Poseidon. Yeah, it's be like, what the fuck's going on? Yeah. <laughs> Musical underscore. Yeah, and then exactly. we begin. Yes. <laughs> sure, I love this show. Let's get it up. <laughs> All right, yes. Second one. Yes. Here we go, baby. Um, we're doing... Uh, we're going to continue on the trend of clowning. We're going to talk about... Mush. Great. Performed by... Oh God, I had... Okay. Sorry to cut you off during a very important introduction. No, okay. I had this realisation while I was walking out of Flinders Street Station. The location is irrelevant for this tale. But I realised <laughs> that it's something I feel about clowning. And this may be a problematic thing to say. <laughs> but it's like, I've realised that the way I feel when I'm watching a clown show... Like, if it's a clown show that isn't working... As I've said, I'm not built for clowns. <laughs> you know? I've told clowns this. Yeah. <laughs> and I've apologised for this opinion. I'm sure it's to do with trauma. But it's like, being clowned at... Feels like being aggressively flirted with by a woman. <laughs> <laughs> is that is that for your for your experience as a, as a homosexual man? As a homosexual man, <laughs> like having feel... an aggressive flirt from a woman. Yes, <laughs> just like a real yeah. That's <laughs> you're just like God. This is just wrong. It's just like, and it's like it's really sweet of you. Like d- yeah. D- I, I... Yes, okay, thank you, but no thank you. Yes, it's like, I would never have the courage myself. <laughs> I could never go after something this hard. <laughs> like, good for you, but I, this is just isn't for me. But uh, well done, ma'am. <laughs> uh, as someone who's experienced the, the trauma of doing theatre clown, uh, there's kind of two uh, pathways of thought that happen simultaneously when I'm in that, like, in a clowning show. it's like When you're doing the clowning or watching the clowning? When clown? I'm watching the clowning. Yep. It's like, one, um, like, oh, I'm going to be, like, here with you to play with you, like to play because that's the core of like any theater but particularly with clown play um and like the the response of the clown to the audience um so i'm like okay i'm gonna be like responsive and ready for, for anything really mm-hmm. um and, and that's the kind of supportive brain and then i have the other part of my brain which is like i want to see 
how much, like how long I can string out something to see them in the shit. Because <laughs> that's that's another thing with like clowning is like being in the shit and having to figure a way out. Uh-huh. Um, and because it's also a way of like you know responding to the audience. Mm. Um, and like their applause is what eggs you on to do something. Yeah. Um, and you know one example that I can think of of that 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 both minds working at the same time was when we were watching long play. Yep. Um, and basically uh, there was the point in the show in which uh, basically musically play music plays and Connor's like now it's time for someone to wipe the sweat off my head. Uh-huh. <laughs> and I was sitting there and I was like like supportive audience member brain was like okay. Someone's going to do it. I'll, I'll do it. <laughs> and so I, like, start taking off my the ring that was on my hand because I'm like, I don't want to get my... I don't want to have to, like, sanitize my hands and then, like, get my rings dirty. Uh, <laughs> um, wow, so, wow, you were taking your jewellery off. Exactly, you were that... yes. <laughs> uh, uh, that was right after I took off my, like, mini necklaces and my, <laughs> my ankle bangles. And, and you just, put your like, dog on the ground. The, the, yes. the sheet of armour that I was wearing. <laughs> just chest plate. Um, but, yes, yeah, so I, I took off my ring. And as I'm about to, like, put it away to, like, get up and, like, help, I'm like... Oh no! Let's just see what kind of uh, what Kong does in this time, <laughs> just to see how long we can draw this out. Um, <laughs> to which, almost instantly after you got up and helped him. <laughs> well, I'm not I'm not cruel like you are. I, I wanted well, to help our friend. I mean, it's just seeing like what what more they can do. It's you know, it's like you don't want to miss out on like that bit of show. You know, I'm little... sure. That's a very wise. Yeah, no, you're creating obstacles for a clown to overcome. Yeah, that's. I mean, yeah. What is it? I, I remember it was in an audition room and they were like. Uh, Play with resistance. Mm. Not in the sense of, like, completely, like, resist someone, but, like, you know, you give them a little bit, but then you're like, no, I need to, like, like stop or, or like, just kind of give a bit of a attention. Mm. Um, which I'm like, yeah, that's a that's an interesting way to take it, of, like, having that, that tension of, like, I can, I can simultaneously support and also, like, sit back and just watch you kind of reel. Mm, right. <laughs> but it's a, it's a, a kind of playful... Um, relationship that sh- that's in flux. Yeah, right. Um, that kind of thing where it's like, oh, you know, you want to give the best possible opportunity for the show to happen, and sometimes that is through like having them be somewhat in the in that in the shit moment of like, I need, I need something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but yes, that's fascinating. Yeah, certainly to yeah, it's especially like trying to like implement that and instigate it from an audience. But yeah, yeah, no, fascinating. Great. Um, but yes, talking about mm. mush. Yes, yes. What are we talking about right now, Sebastiano? Uh, well, it was performed by Jeremiah Detto. And it's called uh, Mush. Yes. Yes. Uh, right. <laughs> and for this show, I, I, it was at the Motley Bauhaus, uh-huh. in which I arrived in the lovely little cellar space, which it it had struck me with profound resonance, because it's been a while since I've been there, and I'd performed in that space before. But there is a distinct smell of that space. There oh, is oh. what I have deemed the Motley Must. <laughs> the Motley Must of the cellar, which is the downstairs space. Yes. And what? And you walked in, smelled that, and had stopover flashbacks? Yes, yes. exactly. <laughs> oh my goodness. Um, and it was just, yeah, I was like, okay, interesting, this building. But yes, that was the first thing that occurred to me as I entered the space. Oh, beautiful. Um, <laughs> to which, after everyone seated, and, uh, I was watching Mush with a, a, a small group of friends. There was myself, uh, Sam Baxter, uh, and Tobias Miller, who I live with, and also... Actors, people who are out there. Um, did we talk about Toby before? Yes, yes. yes. With the incredible story about Babe City Hotline with Fringe. The, oh, God. <laughs> Take me back. Yes. It keeps coming back, baby. Oh, my God. <laughs> She's going to be a children's book illustrator. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Why not? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Um, and, and and also Andrew Dang, who's... Oh, yeah, yeah great. Um, all lovely, 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 lovely. 
people. And also, uh, <laughs> last minute discovering, because I was the roving reporter for this show, um, <laughs> that when when you were like, oh yeah, I have a ticket to this show. I was like, yes, a ticket. And I was like, oh, I have a spare one. Okay, who, who can I bring? And so I had a, a lovely friend, uh, like at f- like 10 past four, the show was at 5.30, <laughs> um, uh, respond to a, a little thing that I put out to some friends, just being like, I can come. And so I had a, a lovely friend called Chelsea Neat. Um, I believe that's how her last name's pronounced. I'm sorry, Chelsea, if I pronounced that wrong. But yes, uh, with Mush. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was also, similarly to, to Gary Starr, it's a very playful show. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and without spoiling too much, uh, I, I, I did have some hearty laughs. And uh, <laughs> true to the trend of, of me in shows, I, I walk into the theatre uh, and I, like Andrew was walking ahead of me. And he decided, I just seemed to go straight to the front row and I'm like, all right. We're in the front row for this one too. <laughs> Did Andrew know what was in store? Like, was this? Well, it was interesting because he was talking to me about it later, and because he he's been in, in the theater and he's like, you can't see anything from the front, like if you're not in the front row. Oh, in that space. Yeah, because yeah. I mean, it's a molly. It's, it's a tight space, and sometimes you have to do a bit of like the head leany thing from side to side. Mm-hmm. But um, uh, so yeah, the show kicks off, and <laughs> it it begins with uh, Jeremiah walking in in like a priestly robe uh, that's like white and red. Uh, a white and red swim cap on his head <laughs> with, like, a bubble gun. <laughs> While there's, like, slight, like, church-like, you know, oh, playing through the speakers. Um, and he's just, like, spraying that around um, and kind of doing a various degree of gags. Uh, one of which that was very funny watching Sam, uh, where he, like, basically Jeremiah sneakily takes out um, uh, a Pringle as if it was the, the holy host, mm-hmm. um, and starts going up to audience members and being like, here you go. And then um, for Sam, he goes up to it, goes up to him, holds it out. Like, uh, Sam goes down to like take it with his hand. He's like, no, open your mouth. <laughs> like, like they're just like the... Because he's not speaking at this point. Is the, but he's just like opening your mouth mm. and just giving the visual cue for that. Mm. And then so Sam opens it, and then he goes to like slowly put the chip in his mouth and then pulls away and puts the bubble gun in his mouth and I was like, ha! Sam got a mouthful of bubbles. Um, <laughs> I'm glad that was satisfying for yes, you. Yes, it was. Yes. <laughs> but yes, um, one of my, my favourite little clowning moments that he has is he's got a character called Giuseppe uh-huh. and it's just a very like well-intentioned like presence that he, he puts on and he like goes up to someone and is like, ciao, I am Giuseppe. Uh, and like the thing is is that he's, he, he goes like, what is your name? <laughs> so ask the person for their name, they say their name, and he makes a pun out of their name. Okay. So sometimes it's easy. <laughs> like, um, what was it? Uh, you know, he's like, what is your name? And they're like, Sarah. And he's like, Sarah? And she's like, Sarah? And he's like, Ke? <laughs> and she's like, Sarah! And he's like, Sarah, Sarah! <laughs> and other times, it's a bit more uh, tricky. I remember there was one person, there's like, what's your name? And she was like, Katrina, and is like, is that short for something? <laughs> and she's like, no. <laughs> to which he's like, he had a decent pause, and he was just like, our love is like a wild wind, a hurricane, Katrina. <laughs> uh, to which the rule of three, building up to me getting pointed out. Oh, fantastic. He was like, you know. Hello, what is your name? And I was like, Sebastiano. <laughs> he's like, Dr. Leano. And I was like, see. Sí. And he's like, see. Sí. <laughs> and he's like, see. Sí. And he's like, I say, let see, see, see. And I'm like, damn it. Um, but then um, uh, he was like, our love is like 
a bastion. I know. <laughs> I was like, <laughs> he got me. <laughs> so yes, I have discovered in this show that my sh- my name can actually be made into a pun. At last, <laughs> which takes an absolute master of not only clowning but intellect. Um, <laughs> so go go um, go Jeremiah for that. But um, yeah, it was also just like a really fun time. I yeah, it was it, it was a wild time, and I, I felt definitely in the midst of the the front row Labrador kind of mode um but all of my friends because all of us were in the front row <laughs> got pulled up <laughs> something or other <laughs> and you all handled it okay like you were all quite comfortable with how it went yes this is my anxiety talk i think yeah <laughs> i think um uh andrew had a, a tough stick in the sense that like similarly uh casting our minds back this is also just me whipping out another anecdote from another show but when we watched um uh uh, uh what's it called Eddie's show in Fringe. Eddie's show. Oh, 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 oh. Where, where Eddie was working out if they were a super... Rememberer? A super... Some sort of superpower. They wanted to know if they were able to... Be oh. good at... If they were a genius or something? Like a super forecaster? It was called Just Super. A super forecaster. Just super. Yeah. Yes. Okay, cool. Okay. <laughs> we had both our thoughts arrive yeah. from each other at the Fred, same time. Good. Um, yes, Just Super. Um, and in that, like, there was the like little thing of, like... The, the, the sign of if there's ever any ever like a misgendered thing like holding it up yeah <laughs> so like giving the audience member a task and and Andrew got handed this this like little uh, beanie that basically it's cute to like utilize because it had the like little like ears that go up um basically it was the song of like YMCA and so you just hear like and you have to just do the why with the hat and so Andrew had the tough job of having to sit through like probably maybe half of the show with that on and just having to be like ready at any moment for the song to come on and just be like <laughs> and the one time it came on he, he, he missed it fantastic like, <laughs> people were like no ah! <laughs> <laughs> oh no I'd buckle under that sort of pressure yes. the verses in YMCA are really good mm-hmm. and I feel like they go under celebrated I think yeah I don't remember any of them but mm. I do remember I think having a conversation and being like oh Quite eloquent and telling a story. Yeah, it's fun. (laughs) And people lap their shit up. (laughs) Yeah, it was like similar, yeah, to talk about, yeah, Kong's long play again. Mm. Um, Yeah, I hadn't thought about the lyrics of Love Shack in a really long time. It's like, Love Shack's a really fun song with a lot of fun facts in it. Which, Mm. also, another uh, potential foreshadowing to the next... Well, that we're going to talk Ooh, about. Yeah, foreshadow. There is, there is a, a apparently a little B fifty two thread. <laughs> a B fifty two thread between what and what? The sh- like uh, us talking about this particular thing right now of like Love Shack. Yes. <laughs> um, and so it's like a foreshadowing of oh the show that we're about to talk yes. about. Oh, fun. Okay, yeah. good. That's a that's a neat little foreshadow. Well done, mm. Sebastiano. <laughs> um, Go team. Anything else about your mush experience? Um, anything else? It was just an absolute hoot, <laughs> right. I think. Um, I had a good, like, ha <laughs> like, I just had a good laugh or two. Yeah, um, yeah and I, I left feeling chirpier, like that kind of, like, excitement you have when you, or, like, the, the kind of lightness you feel when you've had a bit of a laugh. Yeah. Consistently for, I don't know, an hour or so. <laughs> sure. Well, yeah, similar to, like, after you're done really, really crying. Yeah. You know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Except with less fatigue, because, you know, like, all the tension that comes from crying, you're like... <laughs> I mean, laughter's a bit more relaxing, physically. So, less fatigue, but yes, the same, like, oh, like this elation. <laughs> yeah. Oh, God, that sounds like a nice feeling. God. 
Um, and mm. what would you say separates... Have you not had that? I <laughs> oh, I dream of feeling satisfied with laughter during all the conversations. <laughs> <laughs> well, no, I guess I, 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 I've come close to this type of like post-orgasmic bliss you're describing, <laughs> I suppose. Um, well, is there something that you would say separates Jeremiah? Because I've heard such wonderful things about him. Mm-hmm. And I know that he's like studied clowning. He's, he's got like quite a history on him as well. Mm-hmm. Would you say there's something, with at least like your experience of clowns, is there something that he really excels at or like sets him apart? from other clowns you've experienced yeah. I think he, he has a really like strong little moments thing like little, little moments yeah there'd be like you know a little side glance or something you know and it's, it's the thing that happens with certain clowns but uh, many can do it few like have a really good grasp on it I think okay but it's the thing of like he'll be because when you're in clowning it's like I'm committing myself to doing this thing so much hmm. um, and when there's a laugh that happens that doesn't make sense in that, like, kind of structure, it's like, why are you laughing? <laughs> so it's just a little look. Yeah. But, like, throughout the show, whenever someone would be, like, he, he wouldn't be doing anything and they'd just be in that, like, kind of groove of laughter and they just you'd hear, like, a chuckle off to the side. He'd be, like... He'd just be, <laughs> look really seriously off to the side and then just continue as if nothing happened. <laughs> um, or, or just, be, like, do the little, like, gesture of, like, why? <laughs> um, and I think also... I think he also has a, a good level, because that's also a very hard thing to do as, as a clown. Like, there is the silly aspect, but he also has a good level of intelligence when there is the intelligence that comes through. Like, mm-hmm. it's a very tricky field to navigate, um, particularly when you're doing, say, for example, the Giuseppe character. Because mm-hmm. that's, something's quite intellectual. Um, I mean, with the way I learned clown, and this is only limited from what I had at uni, but I, I, find, I found it more easier to access or do for performers when it was like, cool, you're just kind of tapping into a bit of an inner child. Yeah. Um, but uh, at least with that Giuseppe character, because it's like, I'm flirting, it's a bit more intellectual as far as clowns go. But like, I think the simplicity of the structure and I think the, the, the kind of dumbness um, of the clown comes through with the thing, I think the, the, the tail end of the gag, um, which is the like, the tail end being, just him being like, I will never forget what we have. And then goes off, and then like immediately, like a few scenes later, comes back on and gives someone else something, like, and oh. says the same thing. I, I find beauty in that repetition. Um, when I did clowning, <laughs> when you did clowning, yeah, yeah. <laughs> one of the things I did in my final assessment that I was like, okay, there's something here, um, was like animal impressions because uh-huh. we had simple structures. Okay, and so mine proceeded to be uh, as it went on. My first impression was a snail, then a slug, then a caterpillar. That a snail without a shell. Oh. <laughs> it's all the exact same impression, clearly. Um, and every time without the like proper tail, um, like it, it's, it's still a bit intellectual because I'd be like, here's my impression of this. And I do it and I get up. But then I, I added in a little just tagline of like, isn't that lovely? And just doing a little like bow forward. Yeah. And then being like, okay, and now for my next one. And I think the, the repetition and the structure of like a beginning, middle and end, mm. um, which that Giuseppe thing had, uh, it was masterfully done. Um, but ultimately, like, if you're a clown and you can make me laugh, you've done your job. <laughs> if you can make me, like, watch you and be like, aww, <laughs> like, if you're doing, like, a sad, like, moment, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm on board. And, yeah, I think that's the most important thing. With any, any, I suppose, performance, really, is if you can get your audience on board, great. Yeah. I'm with you. Hey, Sebastiano. Hello, Jake. Oh. <laughs> hey. Uh, so, we both separately saw a musical. Yes. And now we're going to talk about it together. Yes. I hope everyone's keeping up. Yes. So, we both independently went to the Motley Bauhaus, mm-hmm. um, famous for its musk. Yes. And we. Mask. <laughs> it's 
Must or musk? Musk. Could be musk. I, I, yeah. I feel like must is just a bit more fancy. But yeah, it yeah. is. It's interchangeable. Yeah, no, I think musk is kind of romantic. Must is yeah. more like, oh, black mould. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, we saw Ned Kelly, the big gay musical. Yes. Yes. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm doing the yes thing again. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Good. Active listening. Beautiful. Um, yeah, yeah. And so what did you think going into it? Like, how much did you know? How much were you armed with in terms of your entry to this thing? Well, uh, uh, as a little disclaimer, I know the lovely... Erin McIntosh, yeah. um, who played Joe Byrne. Um, and so initially, like, I was like, cool, I'm there to support. Um, and also, like, it looked like a really kind of, from just, like, what was on social media and stuff, like, a really, like, bright, wacky, fun, and also, like, celebration of, like, queerdom show. And I was like, fuck yeah, that'd be great. You're pro-queerdom? <laughs> oh, yes. Oh, brave stance. Okay, cool. Yeah, good to fly. <laughs> yes, good to fly. Good to yeah. fly. Um, and yeah, I, I think initially arriving, I was like, "Ooh, this is like, cause, like I think the changeover of show of shows," and I was like, "This is a full foyer. <laughs> this oh, is sure. overwhelming." <laughs> and I like had um, like my my group of friends who were similar ish to the last group from last one. So like Toby, no, not Toby. Just actually, it was just me, Sam, and another friend called Lydia. Cool. And then I had another friend from work called Abigail, and they had their friend. And it was... I promise I'll get to the show in a moment, but this is no, just a funny great. little, little yeah. moment of, like, Seb being, like... <laughs> but after being slightly overwhelmed in the foyer, just being like, nah, there's people. Um, going into the, the theatre and the Motley being, you know, these, these little aisles where it's, like, a closed end. And me just having both, like, kind of branches of French, like, friends. Yeah. Just being like, oh, I don't know, do, do I go in first? But then... Uh, they might be sitting next to people they don't know. Uh, what's the best seat? Meet seat? And then, <laughs> at that point, Abigail steps in and is like, don't worry, Seb. I know what you're doing. We got this. <laughs> and then we sat down. And I was like, yes, this is the perfect arrangement for all of us. Oh, well done. I've got the Abigail. And for people like Abigail. Yeah. <laughs> but yes, the show. Yes, the show. Yes. Kind of, oh, one thing to mention that I, I don't believe we have. Yeah. And it's a celebration of like, also, like all the characters are drag kings. Yeah. Um, which is like, awesome. Because, <laughs> I mean... I feel like I feel like we need to we need to shine a bit more of a light on Drag Kings too. <laughs> okay, sure. Because at least in 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 what I've seen in my my sort of limited engagement with the queer community, there's a lot of um, access to like drag queens, but I haven't seen as many drag kings. Yeah, it's not as like I suppose. It's it's still a pretty like mainstream thing, but it's not as in the mainstream. Well, I'd say it's almost like tragically akin to, and maybe this is a simplistic comparison, but it's almost akin to the AFL versus the AFLW. In yeah. my mind, in terms of like the pop cultural attention that they tend to garner. Yeah, I, yeah. I, I hear you with that. Yeah. Okay, thank you for I th- hearing. I, th- me. I, th- I think that's a, a good, a good example. Okay, thank you. I think, <laughs> as someone who's an expansive expert on this topic, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> um, but yeah, um, and overall, with the, like the show, music wonderful, performances mm-hmm. really committed, strong, and I was like, okay, I'm on board. Uh, I felt like also the like the comedy within it, it and. I feel like it's also I assume a thing that's inherent with kind of drag king culture, but like it was just like gag, gag, gag. Like constantly, they 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 kind of kept up the ante, and it would be either like a big gag or even just a little like throwaway line. Like I know, um, what was it? Erin uh, was telling me there was this one line that they like that they changed in the show last minute um, because <laughs> uh, you know how, how uh, there's the figure of speech of like, oh, he's getting eaten alive out there. Mm. Um, Basically, one day, just for shits and gigs, Aaron said, he's getting his ass eaten out there. And then they're like, yep, we're changing that line, and we're doing that. <laughs> just, why? 
Because it's fun. Of course. <laughs> and anuses. Anuses. Very yes. important. <laughs> um, and I think, also, like, kudos to, um, to Sonny Youngsmith. Because uh, last, la- I was informed that, like, last minute they kind of jumped on board as the swing just because of circumstances or, or whatever the ether presents itself with sure. the beauty of live theatre. But, like, they only had something like 72 hours to kind of get integrated into the show. Oh, my goodness. Um, so they did an absolutely amazing job with yeah. that. Um, and I think every, it felt very, like, everyone was there to support each other. And despite the kind of, like, almost, for lack of a better term, messiness, in a good way, mm. um, of it all, like, everyone felt like they were constantly kind of playing and bringing energy into it. Um, which also, you like, Grant, you need for a musical. But, like, and that was also supported by the music itself, which was wonderfully performed by the band. Yeah. Um, and it was all very... Very fun. And I think that's the resonant word of the show. Fun. Um, and, I mean, particularly for a comedy fest show, that's what you need. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, I guess I'll leap into with, like, yeah, I'm pals with Kane, like, the writer, director, musician. Like, musician. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> All that junk. So, yeah, he's, yeah, always been really impressive to me and continues to be so, of course. And, yeah, yeah, pals with Aaron. And it was really nice as well to see, like, Ellen Marning. The last thing I saw her in was New Disco, which was such an impressive piece of theatre for the Fringe Festival. That's surely when it happened, right? Yeah, so, yeah, it was great to see her on stage again because the, like, extent to which she just, like, throws herself into things and uh, is just... Yeah. Yeah, I suppose let's quickly touch on what the plot was, I suppose. Yeah, so it's, like, in the sense, obviously, it's Ned Kelly, it's... What did you, what do you know about Ned Kelly? What is your take on like what's your understanding of the history of him um, and his gang? He was a bush ranger. Um, <laughs> one day he decided to um, put on a bucket <laughs> and and be like, mm, screw the cops, and then decided to just shoot them. <laughs> uh, the ext- and that's about it. But the the extent and also it was a painting. Um, <laughs> But, uh, yeah, the extent of, I suppose, like, Ned Kelly that I, I kind of have in the periphery of my brain is from the, the play Kelly. Um, oh, sure. Which, when did you see that? Do you see you saw that somewhere? Um, originally, I saw it, uh, like, I had some friends do a, a scene at acting school from that show. Yep. Um, and then I watched the, the La Mama one that they had last year of that. Okay. Yes. Great. Okay, cool. Funky. Great. Okay. Yeah. Funky fresh. <laughs> Super funky fresh. Yes. I, my, in terms of like my experience with dramatic tellings of his story, are largely just like I saw like a concert version of like the Ned Kelly musical that I think is a relatively new undertaking. Okay. I didn't even know that was a thing. Yeah. Right. No, I don't know to what extent it is a thing. My pal Keegan was in it and it was like, that's when I learned that Ned Kelly was Irish which I did yeah. not know until then, but then everyone was like, oh, Ned Kelly, what are you doing over there? It's like, oh, oh. <laughs> hang on. <laughs> What's this? Well, yeah, uh, so that was something. I'm in love with you. <laughs> you guys, am I obsessed with Ned Kelly? <laughs> Fuck. Bush Rangers, jeez. I suppose that's what this show is. Like, <laughs> a little. <laughs> like some of them are like, am I, am I obsessed with Ned Kelly? <laughs> you guys... <laughs> This could be an issue. Yeah. Yeah. No, no. So then I remember, so all that I've got in my head is like that performance. And then after that, I then did like additional research because I was in the mindset of like, am I about to fall down a slippery dip of falling in love with the Bush Ranger? (laughs) Um, And also too, because even then I, as I think still sort of like to some extent rages on with people being like, is it wrong of us to be like celebrating Ned Kelly when he killed a bunch of police officers? Or is he like like a very dignified 
emblem of like the lower classes rising up and claiming what's rightfully theirs, you know? So, you know, that was also in my brain as well, I guess. But, um, yeah, but in terms of, yeah, because I didn't realize I did research last night just about like the current state of Ned Kelly things, mm-hmm. and they like found his body in like 2010 and like reburied him because he was buried in a, like a mass grave with a bunch of other people. Okay. Yeah, which I thought was interesting. Interesting. But yeah. Well, also, one other thing I think I recall about Ned Kelly. Um, and this could be factual or it could be complete fabrication. Perfect. But uh, I, 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 I have some friends who, like, they, they're kind of in the process of, like, writing a show. <laughs> or, or they've, like, kind of written it, but they're just, like, kind of fine-tuning now. Um, but it's uh, basically, like, a story about these two policemen called, both called, I think, Tom. Okay. Um, and they're, like, on the stakeout. And they're, like, oh, Nick Kelly might be around. And the show's mainly about them. Um, and one of them's like, oh, yeah, I'm the real tough one. And then they proceed to tell a story about the time that, um, like, they met Ned Kelly and Ned Kelly was shooting all these other cops and he got away. But the way he got away <laughs> was he grabbed Ned Kelly by the balls <laughs> and he was just really confused and then he, he, he escaped. <laughs> That'll do it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, that's just a fun little... <laughs> I hope I get to see this play. It's a musical. It's a... Ah! Oh! <laughs> I hope they get it up soon. It was, it was a very fun ride, that one. <laughs> um, yeah, and then beyond that, my full ex- like understanding of the story of Ned Kelly is that they were like a bunch of pals, like his gang were pals, two of them are brothers, and, yep. Then, yep, and then they're friends. And then it's around the time of like gold becoming a real big deal and like and like, colonizers ha- having a bunch of money and it was a lot to do with Ned Kelly and people of his kind of like station in life believing they were entitled to more of the wealth that was beginning to take shape in early, you know, colonized Australia. And then they were trying to, like, get some of that wealth through the means of, like, bank robberies and so forth. Is my understanding of the Kelly gang. You're telling me that it's not to, like, go to, like, northeast Victoria and establish the, like... The, the, what is it, the, the queerdom of Slatoria? But that's the thing. <laughs> I don't know which of these are alternate histories, which ones are the facts. For all I know, they were trying to establish Slatoria. <laughs> oh, yes. <laughs> Alright, so... Which, which brings us which to... Which brings us to <laughs> Ned Kelly, the big gay musical. So, uh, do you want to do, do like waddle us through what the plot was? Okay. Um, look, anything <laughs> I could say would just be... A, a mess of description just because I feel like for me I was just like oh this is fun right <laughs> and I was just sitting back and also musical structures are slightly less familiar to me mm-hmm. so instead uh, I have prepared oh my god <laughs> uh, a sentence from the webpage uh, in what way have you prepared that <laughs> I I highlighted the first sentence copied it and pasted it into my notes oh shit yeah yeah right. <laughs> But um, <laughs> sorry for doubting you. That's incredible but work. I, I feel I feel like the, the, the masterfulness, be it written by Sonny Kane or anyone else in the in the cast mm-hmm. or crew, uh, basically in one sentence, what this show is about. And I'll I'll try and get as close as I can to the microphone as um. Good and do a sexy whisper. That's what people yes, want. Yes. Yeah. The outlawed Kelly gang are fighting to establish the queerdom of Slatoria, but Victoria Police. A hot on the gang's tail. My God. Yeah, there you go. Well done. <laughs> oh, you're a good actor. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> if you like me for voice work. Um, <laughs> um, but yes, so but that's the kind of journey in which they, they follow, of like trying to... That, that's the, the goal they're reaching that's driving the, the, the narrative. And, uh, 
you know, the, the, what, 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 I'm just trying to recall some of the, the like little stories within the songs themselves. Within the songs, oh, like um, I know, say for example, uh, at one point, Ned Kelly gets his arm shot off, mm-hmm. <laughs> and then proceeds to have to go to the end of the rainbow to to meet. So the little, little gay man. The little gay man at the end of the rainbow, yes. who's also a leprechaun. Yes. Um, <laughs> in which uh, that's that was performed by the lovely, uh, oh, the person that played... Sean Dowler. Yes, Sean Dowler, who yes. kind of played all the, the other roles. In the yeah, show. everyone that wasn't in the Kelly game. Um, yes. To which my, like, this is not in any of the programming, but this is my own personal mm. conspiracy theory, <laughs> with the exception, I suppose, of, like, the, the cauldron or the mixing pot at one point. Um, <laughs> it's like all the characters... Like, there's one called The Patriarchy, but all of them are The Patriarchy oppressing. Oh! The, the, uh, or at least, like, kind of the, the the male leaders of the time. So you're, like, like police officers, things like that. Sure. Um, well, I suppose, and she also plays... Queen. Oh, and also Queen, yeah. Yeah, yeah like they the, play Queen Victoria. Yes. I forgot about that. Yes. Which oh, is a hole in the theory. But, no, but you, could, you could make, like, a funky argument for Victoria, like, Queen Victoria being an element that upholds the patriarchy as well. Yeah, that's um, Because as in, like, in the final moments, in, during, like, the big fight against the, you know, anthropomorphized patriarchy, there is, like, they, they list the things that they claim that like, construct the patriarchy, and one of them being, like, colonialism, which Queen Victoria surely is the embodiment of. Yes. Yeah. You may be wondering uh, about... <laughs> The, the little thing I said before of a, a foreshadowing of sorts. Oh, oh, oh. <laughs> oh yes, keep tickling. Um, yes. <laughs> well, I remember sitting through one of the songs, and I can't remember the specific name of the song, um, but I was like, this feels a little, little B-52-sy, like in this kind of vibe. <laughs> and apparently it was inspired by, I think, The Love Shack. Ah, <laughs> If Good. not, I'm very sorry for uh, misremembering that. But if not, it's another hit B-52 song, but it was in very much in that tone of like, like singing and then like, they were on our beach. <laughs> and I was like, oh, yeah. Like, this is, this is B-52. It's great. Oh, I did, uh, oh another song that I, I, I quite had a lot of fun with because it was, like, quite a physically intense song for the performance. And I think, actually, yes, this was the kind of B-52 because it was somewhat, like, narrated by the, the, the musicians themselves. Uh-huh. Um, but, like, it was the, like, fight between the patriarchy character and the Kelly gang. <laughs> sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And which was that unto itself, bizarre and fun and, mm-hmm. and silly and funny. <laughs> um, it almost had, it reminded me of like <laughs> Power Rangers battles. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Where it's like Mighty Morphin Rangers, here we go. Like that's the Kelly gang and they were up against this one giant enemy. <laughs> and it's this great epic, almost anime-esque battle. Mm. Um, but... Yeah, that uh, was well realised, especially given <laughs> what they had to work with. Yeah, yeah. And all of this stuff happening in that, yeah, that kind of tiny little constrained corner of the Motley. Mm. Um, which, yeah, wonderful sense of play with that. Mm-hmm. And doing a great job navigating that limitation. Yes. I mean, isn't that art? You know, <laughs> it's just creating something with a limitation. Oh my god, are yes. you a professor? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I could be. <laughs> <laughs> um, I was perpetually impressed by how well the cast like worked together like the, across yeah. the board like this really high level of consistent talent from everybody like it was just like there was no it, it felt like it, within the ensemble there was just like such impressive moments of them all just showcasing the ridiculous level of like musical theatre ability that they all shared yes it was bonkers to me yeah and really just like yeah it really like electrically filled that space up with just like oh my god this is a really talented group of people mm. yeah and it helped I suppose build that like excitement as an audience member, as the show went on, mm. um, just being kind of whisked away by these performers that you felt quite 
like quite comfortable just very much going on the journey with them yeah um which yeah if i recall correctly i didn't have the thing of like what is this this journey going to be in the sense of like you know like the first five minutes of a show where you like settle in you're like either like i am safe to go on this journey mm-hmm. or you're like okay i hope they I hope the actor gets picks it up at the 10 minute mark <laughs> <laughs> this one definitely as with all the other shows i've talked about today they were they were, they were all and this is including little like references and stuff they were all ones that are like okay i'm i feel safe and secure I'm ready to go on this journey with you. I'm buckled in. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, yeah, because those other ones are the ones where you really, like, hone your ability to know how long 55 minutes is. Mm. You know, like, that's where that skill really comes from. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I will say, and maybe this is not an interesting thing to talk about. I'm certainly not a person that really wants to dwell on this type of, like, subject matter, I guess. Maybe that's a dull way to, I don't know, or an incorrect way to, to preface what I'm about to ask you about. Mm. It's like, I definitely found myself... And this is a thing that I'm genuinely curious about and certainly want to know what you think about. But I found myself getting offended. <laughs> and I definitely always feel cowardly when I say those sorts of things. Okay. In the way of, like, it felt as a gay man watching this show. Yeah. Um, and with the four lead characters in the gang being, like, being gay men, one of them is fluid, mm-hmm. as comes up a number of times, but identifies as, like, as a brother. At, at a point later in the script. So I'll just like, with these drag kings playing gay men, mm. there was something in the text, I suppose, with additional flourishes of like, there being a little gay man at the end of the rainbow. And mm. with buggery coming up twice, <laughs> there was something that was happening inside of me of being like, and I'd love it if you have an answer to this. And I'll also speak to Kane about it because I'm also curious about his, his take on this and what yeah. he was attempting to accomplish. But I... Yeah, had this feeling while I was watching it, and maybe it's a boring thing to reflect upon, of like feeling like, what is the, what is it about gay men being slotted into this story, and like masculine gayness being something that is in this story, that a lot of the times is played for laughs, like what, mm. what additionally is being talked about, or like what, what, what is the point of incorporating all this gayness and laughing at gay men, that this story is willingly putting on the table and are there reasons beyond that the relatively like sort of like I don't know somewhat archaic idea of like men being gay being something to laugh at mockingly like I'm I'm curious if you have anything to say about that because it's a thing that I'm still wrestling with and while I was watching it was like I'm feeling offended by this <laughs> and I don't know I don't, not, 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 not that you need to feel entitled to a, a like offense but I felt like why I I'm a gay man and I feel like I'm being laughed at by this show. And I don't know why my, my like gay man identity is on show here and what it adds to this story. I can, I can see where, that's, where you're coming from with that. Like, I'm, I, like that hadn't occurred to me, tragically. But I, I feel like that, that is an in, a very interesting layer <laughs> sure. in, in the experience of that show. Um, because also, um, at least for, for Kane, I assume, are they queer? Are they? Um, you... No, my understanding is que- uh, Kane is a heterosexual man. Okay, heterosexual. Okay, yeah. interesting. Because, yeah, I mean, because uh, it's, it's when, when there's that, that layer of the, um, the, like, the kind of drag king aspect, like, hmm. because it is, like, a heightened medium and it's a celebration of, of many things. But one of, like, I suppose the, the, the easiest clued into things is, like, sexuality. Hmm. Um, yeah, having the performers like lean into that and then play around with that. Mm. Um, yeah, I, I honestly 
don't know what my take is because, like, yes, there, there is the layer of, I suppose, the performative um, fun, you know, that they need to make it somewhat engaging and somewhat celebratory of, like, being queer. But also at the same time, it is, I gay is in the name of the musical. Yeah, it, the thing, it's a gay musical. But, uh, yeah, I suppose it, it's, that, is, that is a very interesting layer for, the, like, the sense of, like, for you as a, as a, as a gay person. Um, being like, oh, um, yeah, I feel like I'm the butt of the joke here. Yeah. Because um, even if it had been like, either like a queer musical or like just like a camp musical. Yeah. Like if all you want to kind of do is like capitalize on like the, the loveliness and digestibility and, you know, like like marketability of campness and glitter and confetti. Yeah. Like that's absolutely, like that I think is yeah. much more up for grabs in terms of like, okay, you just like appreciate the form and like the genre and the aesthetic. That's one thing, but to, to double down on, like, or to, like, yeah, be mining the gay experience mm. for your show. And as well, to take a historical figure, like a controversial historical figure, mm. and then make him into a gay man. Um, it, I'd, I'd love to know the reasoning behind making that decision mm. and what that adds. Um, because, yeah, it was, it was a, it's a thing that I was hunting for. And, again, yeah, I'll ask Kane about it because I'm curious, but I... Yeah, I just I, I personally just couldn't find it. And yeah, yeah, it was just like, you left me kind of like, I, I feel like I'm being laughed at a little bit. Mm. And and somehow, and interestingly, um, of course, it's so fun to see like these really talented people playing these drag kings, playing these gay men. It was also the thing too of like, and I, I say maybe it's similar to like a thing that I only have like, I don't know, a cursory understanding of an appreciation for, I suppose, of like when people talk about drag queens potentially making fun of women. Like that being a, like a, a take that some people have on some drag queens and drag generally, I suppose, yeah. to see me as a gay man being played, like seeing a bunch of like people that are drag kings playing gay men. It was like, okay, what is it about my, what is it about my people that they are performing and are they attempting to say anything about that type of person or the people mm. that fall within that bracket of of this minority. Mm. I don't know. Yeah. These are, and I'm, I'm sure it's obvious that these are very like new generating thoughts I'm having about this work because I saw it yesterday, but um, yeah, that's just a thing that I'm currently working through. Yeah. I, I think, I think like you'd want it to be, uh, to pick up on a word I used before, like a celebration mm. of that. But yeah, if you, if you walk out and be like, I don't feel celebrated. <laughs> no, no. I felt a bit mocked and a bit, I don't know, maybe exploited is too strong. But yeah. just like, yeah. And also like oddly excluded from a story that kind of like claimed to be, yeah, as you're saying, like a celebration of or at least an incorporation of the gay man experience hmm. that felt like it somehow also managed to exclude that group. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. Yeah, more than anything, I'm, I'm finding it interesting to think about. Yeah. yeah. And that's like even just hearing that, I'm like, oh, I need a, I need a mull on that too, just to see how that develops. And like as like more things kind kind of come back to me from the show, just being like, oh, yeah, because like even what was it? It was the like granted there was some. I felt like one of the most supportive elements was like the in in like like oh like supporting not only gay people but like queer people. But um, the the thing of like, uh, what was it? There was the the little gay man at the end of the rainbow, and it's like, you want to give me a kiss? <laughs> like, yeah. That moment, and the person's like, no, I'm good. I uh, this this was the uh, was it Alan that was playing Ned. 
Yes. Yes. Yeah. Alan was Ned. Yeah. Um, uh, just being like, oh no, uh, I have my life partner, which is Joe Byrne in the context of the show. Yeah. Um, and that being like, oh, that's just like a, a, a good, nice thing. Sure. Uh, sure. Sure. For there to be like a like a seemingly healthy homosexual monogamous relationship on show. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I, which I suppose in you saying healthy, <laughs> then the next scene is Joe Byrne being like, I cheated on Ned. Yes, there is cheating. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Mm. Oh. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, like, I'm liking that it's making us quizzical. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I like that it's kind of put us into that, that like, tension of, like, questioning. Or just being like, yeah. yeah like, kind of letting it mull. Yeah, yeah, let's yeah. mull. Let's all mull. You <laughs> and me and the listeners too. Let's mull. Yes, all um, together. Mm. Yes, mm, everyone <laughs> hum with us. Yes, with mm. uh, yeah, yeah. And for all we know as well, like maybe this is the sort of thing. Like maybe this is one of the things the show was into, like attempting to provoke. Like yeah. maybe this is the thing that Kane is curious about exploring. Like there's every you know every chance that that's the case too. So. Mm. I don't know, maybe they thought that gay guys needed to be brought down a peg or something, you know? Like, there could be some real malice at play, so... Yeah. <laughs> Kane is not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, cool. No, I'm glad yeah. you find it interesting, too. Yeah. Yeah. And just to add one more, like... Please, Positive yeah. thing. Yeah. Um, I, I think... I think, yeah. Like, the, 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 aside from the commitment from all the performance and, and the show itself just being, like, a kind of... A bit of a, like, almost... Like a tornado of events, if that makes sense. Sure, in the show. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, as yeah. far as like the way it kind of feels with like how things kind of flow, and you're like, oh, I'm at the end of a rainbow now. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah. Like, um, and once again, tornado. I just I use it supportively, positively, not, <laughs> not, not <laughs> in a sense of like being like, go, I'm being whisked around the room against my will. Um, <laughs> um, yeah, in, in that in that sense of it, kind of just whirling around in the, the kind of chaos of it all, um, like. Yeah, I think that the music was well composed. <laughs> yeah. Oh, like, for sure. Oh I, my God, that hoedown was a great time. Oh, yeah. yeah. I, I found myself kind of just even just sitting there grooving along and appreciating. Because I, I don't see much live music in my lifetime. Uh, my mm. lifetime, my lifestyle. Yeah. Uh, just like the, where I find myself. Yeah. So whenever I, I, I am there and there's a, there's a band that's playing, it's always quite miraculous. And mm. I found myself being like, oh, just like kind of feeling the, the, the energy that that gives into a room live. Um and being like, oh yeah, this is kind of like this is fun. This yeah. is great. Because it is like it's such a yeah a different, much more elaborate, much more like I don't know broad or something like environment. Like to add that like sonic and stylistic and like I don't know skill related component to a world that you're welcomed into. Like it's a whole additional thing. Like it's yeah. I don't know. I, I, my mind is flashing to like us seeing Hell Song. Yeah. And being lost in, like, that satanic church worship while also, you know, like, seeing wonderful music take place and then all these, yeah. like, sudden theatrical moments occur. Like, yeah, when you, you, when you add musicianship to something and songs to something, which yeah. is a pedestrian thing to say, I suppose, when I'm saying it. When you say <laughs> it, it's interesting. <laughs> but, yeah, no, not yet. But to add, yeah, add that. Especially in the space, it's like the space so greatly, like, supported what we were going through as well, I thought. Yeah. Like, being at the Motley Bauhaus, um, it really felt like you were, like, inside of inside of like that, that little encasement of what this artistry was. And that was a nice way to ingest what we were going through. Which also from like, I suppose, a technical standpoint is a good thing that there was that sense. Cause I've also like, when I did stop over like, the Motley Bauhaus as a venue, it's very good for comedy, but it has its limitations with stuff that's more theatrical. Sure, yeah. Um, as far as just like the capabilities of what's able to like be rigged. Right, yeah, yeah. Um, from a lighting standpoint. And I think, yeah, I from even what I recall in watching, I felt myself 
kind of arriving at each place clearly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and that yeah. being communicated well. So to, to do that in that limited space with like that little cornered off and the band just being its own little element organically living alongside what's going on. The band's not like in some corner. They're there the mm. entire time. Yeah. Um, and occasionally engaging with the performers. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think they, they did that really well. I super agree. And <laughs> yeah. you're right. And with, the, and with the limitations it poses, it never felt like that was compromising anything that we were seeing. Like, everything oh. felt, like, fully realised and as maybe sometimes as self-awarely it felt like, oh, we don't have, like, a huge budget, so this is how we're going to depict this thing. Yeah. But it's like, everything was really, really clear. You're right. Everything, yeah. Like, it, I suppose, in, in that, like, oh, we don't have, like, it, it knew the kind of show it was. Yeah. And they, they played into that form. Which yeah. is good. And that, that, that sounds simple, but there, there's many shows I've seen where it's like, just know what you are, please. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and don't be embarrassed. Yeah, just embrace it. <laughs> We're along with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and also, um, uh, one of my fr- friends uh, <laughs> who's associated with uh, Mariner, yep. uh, which is my workplace, um, <laughs> was like, <laughs> they said this and I'm like, that's funny. But they're like, I want to see a version of Anne Juliet, yes. but where they replace the... Um, the I'm not a girl not yet a woman song yeah. with uh, fuck the binary from <laughs> the Kelly McGay musical and I was like yeah that'd be that'd be fun <laughs> yeah that, that was just another little thought <laughs> what is your favourite number from And Juliet or favourite moment I think one of the strongest moments is I like I, it would be towards the end of act one yep where it's Spoiler alert for Dan Juliet coming up, but um, <laughs> where like uh, Rob Mel's playing Will Shakespeare is just like, um, yes, I will Shakespeare, and then like walks forward and gets like the the um, what is it? The the smoke cannons going, oh. <laughs> and then there's like Romeo descends. Oh my god! <laughs> and I'm just like, good. This is a nice moment to end the act on. And then also, I think I really liked, like, granted there is the structure of like using the the layered round and that being. A, a structure these for a few songs, but I think I, I really liked it in the I Kissed a Girl and I Liked It song. Um, I Kissed a Girl? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, right, with the way they used the stage during that song. I, I think I just liked the kind of... From what I'm trying to like just envisage in like a quick kind of almost viewfinder of the show, I'm like, that. Yeah. I recall like that moment of like the, the way it kind of rotates around and as the performer's positioned, but I feel like that supports that song because they're almost being whisked away, whirled away in their, their connection and that, that moment. Yeah. Um, yeah, anything else? I once uh, had one of my workmates say they went and watched Kesha, um, and it was, is it Blow? Is that the song? Blow, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, uh, and they're like, I, I saw Kesha's one live, and like, oh, that was good, but I think this is my favourite version I've seen of that song in, this, in the show. They really enjoyed that. Oh, my God. Okay. <laughs> As an avid Kesha fan, I can kind of agree with them. I'd say just because of Rob Mills' involvement and that yeah. ensemble and that environment, I can't talk about Anne Juliet. I get overwhelmed. <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Like, just, this is just something that you experience as an usher. Yeah. But, like, because you see it time and time again. But I love... <laughs> this is just my own, like... <laughs> as a performer, too, just seeing... Um, uh, I've forgotten her name, but the, the uh, performer that plays Juliet. Yep. Um, being pulled up on the, the chandelier. Oh. And then just having to be like, I'm, I'm just here for the next minute. <laughs> so everyone's dancing beneath me and I just kind of have to stay still. <laughs> but like, it's like it's only if you're like right, because there's certain positions and if you're right at the front, you can occasionally clock like a little a little glint of a moment in, the, in them being like, oh, but then being back into it. <laughs> 
it's very just funny. having to wait on the chandelier. Yes. Uh, <laughs> like, because there's enough movement that it feels mobile, but like, if you just hone in on that one element, you're like, ah! <laughs> <laughs> the layers of a performance. <laughs> God. Oh God. Okay. Okay. So, do you, you want to round out with any final thoughts about Ned Kelly, the Big Gay Musical? Slatoria. Slate, Slatoria. Yeah, I think that's, that's your the one that comes to mind. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Okay. Great. Oh my God. Okay. That's it. That's three shows. Yes. We've done it. We've done it. We've done it, baby. Sebastiano, we've done it, baby. Oh, great. Oh my God. Thank you so much for being here. It's always so nice to have you here. I could talk to you for days. It's so nice to. Yeah. Well, thank you for, for giving me the opportunity to do so oh. and just letting me gush about random shows and Greek mythology and other like little anecdotes that pop into my brain <laughs> <laughs> I like your brain great oh good okay I like yours too <laughs> thanks Sebastiano okay great um, thank you sweet listener for being here yes thank you very much yes thank you so much uh, from both from both of us uh, great this has been Jake and Jamesy's Chuckle Fest without James and with Sebastiano yes um, uh, do you want to do any of the signing off or do you want to leave it up to me um, we, could do, we could do a very gentle um, leaning in close to the mic yes do um, it yes sexy whisper yes. yes oh thank you thank you for listening again and um, you have a lovely rest of your day night morning whatever time it is that you're listening to this podcast oh beautifully done yes great um, as usual we may already disagree with everything we just said um, and friends don't let friends become theatre critics yes thank you for being here enjoy the rest of the comedy festival if you are indeed indulging um, and we'll speak to you really soon yes yeah. Thank you for putting up with our masticating sounds as we talk at this end point. Mm, mouth sounds. Yes. Yes. Mm, yes. <laughs> <laughs>